how's it going people uh we are back back again with uh someone special but before that it's me sunay you guys know the, the regulars on our pod um farooq we have been doing this uh over uh, like over the past 6 7 months and uh we have had the absolute pleasure of having uh, big steve on before from the big 6 and this is another you know mvp uh he he is known as the man with the receipts you know he's part of the football men collective who who um, talks real football not not just the you know um non tangibles of the game uh a huge arteta enthusiast you know uh not going to lie i'm not a huge fan of that but <laughs> uh this this guy no uh, needs no introduction um grez is also known for you know taking a back seat when all the others are throwing knives at each other like he 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 moves in silent you know like he, he's a silent assassin and uh, it's 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 really fun man what you guys are doing uh how are you doing bro grez like how listen, are you feeling listen uh, I, i'm absolutely not worthy of that introduction but i'm absolutely <laughs> i'm i'm absolutely uh humble to be here it's a pleasure thank you very much for asking me on uh, especially for for such a magnificent magnificent game so absolute pleasure to be on i'm doing fine thank you absolute pleasure as well bro uh before we get down to the nitty gritty we, we got to talk about the incredible liverpool uh premier league run um how at some point in 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 the last season even even the staunchest of liverpool supporters i i think felt that there is going to be a downward curve in 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 the in the general progression um of of the club um but yeah it was uh, mainly due to uh, a, a huge string of injuries to you know uh, first 11 players and also also uh, the uh, substitutes as well uh Grace, talk me through the importance of this, this relentless nature of Liverpool. You see the media, the pundits, everybody going in on City. You know, like they are the exemplary. Uh, uh, what do you what do you say? Uh, a benchmark in how you go on about uh, business in the league. This 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 stat is mad. Uh, you know. Uh, Liverpool had 390 plus uh, point seasons in the last 4 years and they have just one title. Ferguson won 13 titles with never having a point tally above 91. Just just tell me does it make you tired? It's heartbreaking. If you want my honest opinion, it's heartbreaking when you see that because you're right, the facts, the history books will say at the moment obviously we don't know what the future holds and i'd like to think that in his four years that remains we will inshallah we will re- we will win one more title for sure mm. league title but at the moment as we are talking in 2022 what you said is factual we have one league title in those years despite having reached 97 points 92 points 99 points it's insane levels of point scoring and mm. that's because we're up against a juggernaut let's call a spade a spade man city are not man city 
are not an ordinary club. And I mean that, and I don't mean that to have a, a dig at them straight away, but they can look at it how they want. But the truth of the matter is they've won the lottery, mm. right? So when you mm. have, when you have uh, uh, owners come in of the levels, uh, riches and the levels that they can sort of reach out to, mm. it's very difficult to compete we've, it's fair to say, done it in a totally different way, mm. a more organic way. Can I just interrupt you for, uh, mm. for a second? Uh, like, it's it's a bit unrelated, but uh, on the last Big Six show, like like I said, I, I, I've been watching it uh, every day, uh, at, like uh, all throughout the past uh, 1.5 years. But on, on the last show, you guys, uh, like Tarkish actually went in first. He said, Real Madrid usually get their way with Mbappe and whatnot, you know. Uh, so, like, ev- eventually everybody backed that. Like, even even you did uh, to a point that, yeah, that's the only uh, silver lining to the situation, you know. Uh, aren't we better than the oil clubs, Grizz, in how we go about business? As in Real Madrid per se, or generally? Yeah, Real Madrid, Real Madrid. It's difficult. It's difficult to explain. Possibly, probably in one show, it's a deep subject because you have to know, you have to understand and con- contextualize the history of the likes of Real Madrid. Mm. And maybe some won't know, but you know, you also had a country backing you. Uh, for many many years so it's a but, different type of backing it's yeah, not sure. it's 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 not a it's not a it, it's not similar to 2022 mm. but the momentum you gained and yeah. the commercial revenue and avenues that were open to you very similar to man united in the uk mm. i league. Mm. Mm are comparable so it's not the same as one tycoon coming in one yeah. oil state coming in yeah but there is elements of saying that when you when the likes of man united when the likes of real madrid when the likes of you know you 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 develop this uh, history legacy mm. size nature commercial uh, commercially mm. it's related you cannot deny that it's not so, but, but I would I would argue that that was that was maybe for the best part of ten years, and this was way back when. Like, don't you think the landscape of football has completely changed since then? And it absolutely has. It absolutely has. But but when you speak to Man City fans, mm. they will argue that they will argue with the histories of these great clubs and say everyone started off somewhere. Everyone mm-hmm. needed a, a bunk up, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. Their bunk up was more extreme. And absolutely yeah. in your face, mm-hmm. so we can see it, and it's apparent, and it's now, and it, and I agree, it's a total different mm-hmm. way of doing it. Like PSG has, PSG has recorded losses of over four hundred million. That's absolutely it's gross. Uh, it's gross. It's 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 crazy, but yeah. but you know, so you know, that's how I was saying back to the original point of sort of the question you asked about Liverpool. We've done it totally different. Totally yeah, different. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and I'd like to think that most rational, logical, neutral fans 
would be able to appreciate that more. That we've done it far more organically, far mm. more organically. Um, and so, therefore, when you're competing against this uh, billion-dollar squad over the last mm. few years, on top mm. of having, for me, one of the most elite football coaches of all time in Pep Guardiola, um, it's difficult to break that stranglehold. And we've broken it once, and twice we've taken to the last day. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously winning, of course, now League Cups and FA Cups and Champions Leagues. Simultaneously running runners-up in a Champions League, as you guys know, against you guys. And hopefully winning another one. I do feel we need to win this one to make the Pep and Klopp era more comparable. Mm-hmm. Because then we can say two Champions Leagues and a league title, which is, yep. in my humble opinion, the pinnacle of every club's ambitions. Champions actually, Gris, sorry for interrupting you once more. So I was actually going to, you made a sentence by like competing a billion dollar squad, right? Competing against a billion dollar squad. But you have on the billion dollar squad, right? Same in the same Manchester, right? So I feel like it's kind of a disservice, you know, it's a this kind of disservice to, you know, to the Manchester City group as a whole. Because these are some, these are a group that has won seven titles in eleven seasons, if I'm not mistaken. You understand? And like you, when you kind of make the point about spending the money and all that, as Sunil rightly pointed out, Paris has spent this money. United literally has a, a couple of fullbacks, which cost the same amount as Cancelo and Kyle Walker as well, and they're nowhere as good. You know, you compare the centre backs, the likes of Harry Maguire, to the purchases of the likes of Ruben Diaz. You compare the purchases of Paul Pogba to the purchases of you know Kevin De Bruyne and the likes. So I feel. Yeah, obviously, like uh, they've the the support has been there, like which has been really gigantic. We can compare, but we need to also give credit to what the group has done as a whole, and not just to Guardiola, because the structure predates Guardiola actually. So I think we need to give credit there. There's no doubt. I'm not taking. I'm. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm. That's what I'm saying. I call them the juggernaut and an elite coach, which I didn't say for PSG or the other examples you gave. So if you ask me what's the problem with PSG, I would say they haven't got the elite coach. They haven't got the, they haven't got the structure and organization and the level of purchases that Man City have. So I was about to add that this is what we're up against. We're not up against just money. We're also up against, as I said, one of the most elite football coaches of all time in Pep Guardiola. So it's not so much a disservice to Man City, but it's more praising my club and the way we've done it and approached it. They are absolutely free to do how they operate, want to operate, buy players. We would all do the same if we had the owners. We would all defend them and the way they do things. I'm not here so, to. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to talk them down and talk yeah. full of them yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. they are domestic kings. They own the Premier League for the last whatever years. Yes, it's, it's four four titles yeah. in five years. You know, we're the only ones who are relevant mm-hmm. in this. And hugely relevant though, but we're not we're not just the noisy, you know. We take away last season, like Mohammed said, take away last season, you know, it's been we're the only ones that have obliterated the league. You know, mm-hmm. the other two times, three times, we've taken it to the last day. And at the end of the day, you have to hold your hands up. They the, the, the league never lies, they've been the most consistent in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. So look, it's not about talking them down. They're allowed to do what they want, they have a fantastic fantastic squad of players but the facts mm. are they are 1.6 billion pound squad i don't think we are a 1.6 billion pound squad so your comparison is a little bit mm. 
Sure, sure, sure. Valid. So can I extend my question, Greece? So the point on is you actually made a point about the fact that winning that second Champions League, hopefully you guys don't, on Saturday, coupled with your Premier League, that becomes two Champions League and one Premier League. So that's, uh, as you said, like it makes the club uh, Guardiola era much more uh, interesting and comparable. But I feel, what do you think history will remember Liverpool life if you guys lose the game on Saturday and club was to leave the day after? It's been five so, seasons and so, literally so, just a piece of every single trophy. So look, in his time here, he's completed the set. He's won every single trophy. We also have to start from the starting blocks and base which Klopp had and the base Pep Guardiola had. Man City were winning Premier Leagues before Pep. Yeah. Liverpool wasn't. <clears throat> we were, when Klopp took over, we were comparable to the Man United of today. So think about but what I'm better. saying there. I, I'm going to say far better than today's United. But, 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 but what I'm saying is like we finished sixth, sixth or seventh. Yeah. I can't remember. Actually, I, I, I argue that the current Manchester United was better than the version of Liverpool I knew in the past. Because you had the likes of John Joe Shelby and, you know, you the players uh, and like Carroll. It's, it's, and yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's comparable. It's comparable. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the job that Jurgen Klopp has had to do you know, I'd like to think outside of Liverpool fans will see it and appreciate it. But on the other hand, I don't really care if people don't. I'm one of those guys where I know the job we've done. And now, five years later, six years later, we're pretty much, pretty much is fair to say one of, if not the two best teams in, in the world right now. Um, I don't think many would argue. And that's, mm. a, and that's quite a turnaround in five, six years from you agree that we were probably in a worse state than Man United or, yeah. you know, it's comparable. It's comparable, right? We're finishing, we're losing 6-1 to Stoke. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, so we're coming from a place <laughs> of, and, 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 and he's not being given 200 million pounds to spend every summer. He's had to sell uh, Coutinho, Suarez, you know, Whoever Balotelli, whoever all these players, is that the sell? Thanks for Coutinho, though. You know, yeah. Say again. I'm gonna say that. Thanks for Coutinho, though. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Thanks to everyone. Thanks to Coutinho. <laughs> thanks to everyone. It's it's the you know. So the way he's done it and had to do it, he's had to be smart, relying on recruitment, re relying on his man management skills. It's a total different way, and I think, and I think, people underplay it, and it's and history won't contextualize the job he's done. But that's the mm. way football is. That's the way football is. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that yeah, there's there this cliche that unless you win something, people tend to forget uh, whatever you uh, did in, in a particular season. But I don't. I mean, think... this is this is this quadruple has never been done before, and the reason why it's never been done before, it's mm. nigh on impossible, because you have to be perfect in every single competition, near mm. enough in every single game. We. We have a draw and we feel like a defeat. That's the level playing we had. Yeah. So it's arguable to say if it's not arguable, actually, it's a foregone conclusion to say if, and it's a mighty if because we're going to come on to talk about your club as well. If we win the Champions League, it's fair to say we've had the most successful season any club in Europe. I don't think anyone would argue. You mean for this season or in general? Yeah, for this season, for this season. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. No, 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 this uh, season, of course. Yeah. Actually, I, I, let me add this, Grace. Actually, for me personally, you know, I feel like uh, 
consistency is the key, you understand? I feel like it's easier to win the Champions League and it's more difficult to win the league. And the only reason why I bring this up is I feel like consistency is the key. And uh, to my, in my personal opinion, I feel like even if Liverpool were to lose the Champions League final on Saturday, I consider the season a really, really great success. In the sense that, as you said, like even a draw, like, you know, you have to literally be focused for 90 full minutes for about 70 games a season. Like that's unprecedented, unheard of in history of the world. Farouk, we've played and we will play every single game we entered, every competition we've entered, we played every single game. This is on the back of so many pundits in the UK, Premier League. Yeah. Talking us of fourth, third, fourth, yeah. third at best, maybe not even top four. Not enough squad players, not enough depth, reliant on injury-prone players. Virgil, is he going to be back? Fabinho, is he going to be injured? Henderson is old. Milner is old. Mane is old, finished. Bobby is old. Salah, will he be able to carry on at those levels? All these accusations were thrown at Klopp. He won't be able to rebuild this team only because people didn't understand the depth of our injuries and the and the personal tragedies our squad went through. Alisson yeah. loses his father. Jurgen Klopp loses his mother. They're not allowed to see them during pandemic. Can you imagine the personal trauma these guys went through on top of COVID and lockdown? I don't know if you guys watched the Big Six last time, last season when everyone was saying, "Oh, Grizz accepted." I said, "I said when they're back, I'm going to talk." Next season, let it start. And the big dogs are back and we will talk. And at the end of the season, I'm talking. We're literally in every final. We've taken, we are, we are one Champions League away from an amazing season, which mm. I, I, I forecast because I knew the mentality and the squad this guy has developed, Jurgen Klopp. Absolutely. Uh, this, Liverpool are the only team to be unbeaten in Premier League. 2022. That's that's insane in itself. 16 wins and and three draws. That's that's something. 50, 50 points out of 51 points out of 55 since January. Since we got all the injuries back and everything, it just shows you. But look, alas, as as my, I I agree with Farouk to a point and degree that the Premier League is the hardest league to win, and because at the early start of the season, you have to remember all the guys that had season-ending injuries from the previous season. Yeah. We're coming back from long-term injuries and we dropped yeah. a few points in the early part of the season. And that's cost us literally one point. One of those draws against Brighton, uh, Spurs, Leicester, Leicester we lost to, you know, all these, Brentford. Can you guys really imagine us doing that since January? No, it was the end no, of the season exactly. where, where a lot of players were coming back from injury and we messed up with too many draws. Not even losses, too many draws. We've lost twice all season, man. That's quite insane. Fucking Spurs, bro. I hated it. I hated watching it, but yeah. It is what it is. You have to be perfect. Conte done a magnificent job on us. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have sometimes you have to credit the opposition. He came with a plan. We were in one of those patches where we had to play every three days perfectly. Every three days perfectly. Mm. Yeah, Cup yeah, final, yeah, yeah. semi-final, Champions League. Then the league again was non-stop. And we messed up. And how did we mess up? By a draw, not even a defeat. Mm. That's the levels we're playing with. Absolutely, but but there's there, there's a chance for you know more history uh, being written in in five days time, and I can't stress the magnitude of this fixture simply because um, people say people sometimes tend to uh, 
underline uh, the the fact that only a small small pool of uh, the top clubs make it to a Champions League final, and it gets boring and whatnot. But the the mere heritage that's heritage, like how Mao uh, says it, uh, Mourinho says it, uh, the mere heritage of of uh, heritage and pedigree of Liverpool and Real Madrid in, in Europe is is I think only matched by Milan, and it's in my opinion down down to the ability to create something out of nothing even 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 in the worst of seasons somehow they they find a way to to bring the uh, uh the, the european cup home and like if if i remember from my childhood uh, i wasn't uh, following football back then because i was just 10 years old but i still remember reading about how liverpool came back from 3-0 down um, in Istanbul uh, against one of the greatest Milan sides uh, to have graced the game. The, the likes of Sirov, the likes of Shevchenko, the likes of Crespo, Kaka. Uh, it, it, was, it was a mad thing to do. Even, even, uh, even when you reflect upon it all these years later, Grizz, how much do you think that has helped you in, in, in a period where you were on the downward spiral? Look, um, the sign of a great club institution, call it what mm. you want, is, is even the times of darkness as they were domestically. You know, we were going mm. through a very rough patch. You still manage to make memories. You still manage to pick up trophies, mm. whether they are the League Cup or the or the FA Cup. Yeah. You know, for me, that's the sign of a, of a great heritage and institution likes the like of yourself and us mm. um so look people speak about you know that that team under rafa benitez and my god you know it wasn't the greatest and we were up against one of the greatest recently european teams of all time mm. you know Kakap, gattuso pelo maldini uh, just to name a few shevchenko you know this is you know this is a legacy AC Milan team we were up against. Mm. Um, and look, very similar, very similar to, to sort of Madrid in this campaign, you could possibly say, where you've not been the better team in a lot of your opponents, against a lot of your opponents, but it's that heritage that's come to the... It's muscle memory. Yeah. It's muscle memory. It's clubs' muscle memory that who we are, where we are. And, you know, AC Milan may have underestimated us at halftime, but somehow Steven Gerrard and Rafa Benitez, you know, reminded them at halftime that, look, we may not be the greatest team right now in Europe. I'm talking about then, right? In that final three and a half time. But we're still Liverpool Football Club. We still have got heritage and history in this competition. Unlike many Premier League teams, Right, That's they might have the money and whatever Chelsea at that time, you know, whatever, whoever they've got the money and everything, but they haven't got our history. So let's turn this around. So these things, and not only that, I mean, obviously, since then, how many comebacks have you guys probably seen and heard of at Anfield and where, where the comeback look, Barcelona, the most recent is it mobile, the most recent, or well, loads, even Villarreal the, in the semi final? Yeah. We have this, it's in our DNA, it's in our DNA. 
Um, I, I still remember watching the Villarreal game and Buendia and who was it, Capoue scored like inside the first 20-25 minutes and mm-hmm. to be frank, people talk people talk all about the psychology and whatnot, but in, in that moment, anybody can can falter, you know, like it's, it's, it's bound to be a shock, like for sure, you, you come in with a 2-0 lead and then you're, you're instantly put under adversity. And, and the character that you guys showed is, is again, incredible. The run-in would have been easy. The draws would have been easy and whatnot. So 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 have uh, other teams in the past, you know. It's the way how you deal with what's in front of you and, and how Liverpool went about their business that day is also uh, another ode to days like Istanbul. People like Didi Harman, people like Xavi Alonso, people like... Uh, Rize, you know, they, they, they are not the all-time greats. They, they, are, they are not uh, world-class players then, but they somehow managed to, you know, do the unthinkable. And, Milan and... Baros. Milan Baros, we had up front as our striker. Yeah. You know, yeah. very one-dimensional striker. You know, but but this is it. You know, it, people say it was the Steven Gerrard. Of course, Steven Gerrard was, is one of the all-time greats. But that was it. <laughs> that was literally it. The rest of okay, Sammy Hoopia was good, yeah, you know, but the rest of the team, Jimmy Traore, we had, mm. you know, but it's this, you know, again, we can go into your team, we can start talking about Madrid, and I can, you know, I think you guys may admit that you haven't got a team of the most talented Madrid players ever, but you've got that, yeah. you've got yeah. that, you've got that mentality that you can call upon, and that's what Liverpool done, and that's what they do, and look. Sorry, a long-winded answer. It absolutely uh, makes me happy and proud that we have this in our DNA and the heritage is there. And it's, it's not a myth. It's not a social media myth or a name that we just throw out and just use to banter clubs and other fans. You mm. have to see it and believe it and you have to yeah. watch it. And mm. we do it year in, year out, year in. Even last season, guys, even last season, to finish third after the season we had to come back from the depths the, of 10 points behind oh my god like how how can you how can you even put that into i don't into, know i don't know i don't know how you explain that in normal real life terms like yeah. you speak about fairy tales and like you know like you guys the other day against city mm. yeah mm. how do you explain to your children that yeah. you guys were up against one of the best teams in recent history Mm. And nobody was, gave us a chance. Nobody. He was, 30, he was 30 seconds away from elimination. Yeah. And totally outplayed mm. in both legs. Yeah. Yet you had three minutes of heritage rescue you. And this is it. This is what great clubs do. It's in their DNA. Even when they're not at their best, they do something special that creates memories forever and ever. So, Greece, actually, something came to my mind right now, actually. Yeah. So, uh, in 2018, right, uh, uh, you guys, was it, I think it was 20, was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. You guys played Barcelona, right? Lost Trino at the Camp Nou and came back to Anfield. For me personally, I feel like that game at Anfield was a turning point for Klopp and his players. That was the game that actually, eventually, at the end of the season, they had 97 points and still didn't win the league and they won the Champions League. But I feel like after that game, like, a sense of belief just came back to both the fans and the players. Like, okay, obviously, like, you could see, like, the fans and the players, like, that's the thing that Klopp has done very well. 
he has breached that gap between the fans and the players. Because I remember when I was watching Liverpool in my early years, like there was this huge gap between the fans and the players. I'm talking about in the seven, eight, nine, ten years. But after uh, Klopp came, he tried to bridge that. But I feel like that game was like, you know, a key game in the Liverpool, in, in Klopp's tenure. Like that was the game that actually turned doubters to believers, to use Klopp's words. I don't know what you think about that game exactly. Uh, mythical, magical, unbelievable. You talk about, you talk about no chance about Madrid and City. There's not a, there is not a soul in even Liverpool that believed that that could happen. You have to remember we had no Mohamed Salah and Bobby Firmino yeah. for that game. Yeah, yeah. People forget that. People actually forget that. Fabinho takes a yellow card in the first 20 minutes. So Fabinho and James Milner in midfield and Henderson. And people forget that. But again, it's magical. It's absolute magical nights. We're up against Suarez, Coutinho, Messi. Are you serious? Are you serious? One goal from them and we're finished. We need five. Yeah. But it's, it's, I can't explain that. Not, you can't explain these games. Belief-wise, you have to remember we were magnificent that season. So the belief was there. Mm. We were magnificent that season. 97 points. Wow. Yeah. So the belief was there, but it was such a setback in Barcelona. And even the Barcelona, it wasn't a 3-0 game. It flattered them. We had chances no. and chances and chances, but we didn't score. So it flattered us and we were heartbroken because we had just lost the Premier League to a Vincent mm. Company. Again, an unreal goal that beat us. Yeah. Vincent Bye. Company, 30 yards out, outside of his foot, puts it in the top corner. He tries mm. that 100 times, 98 times, 99 times. It won't work. Yeah, but that one time it puts the league out of our hand, uh, loses us the league. We were so mm. depressed because only the Champions League could rescue that. Yeah. But yet we're three 0 down, so we were despondent and down as a fan base. I have to admit. But by the time we dealt with Barcelona, I was the most confident I've ever been. That I don't care what happens, Spurs is not stopping us. Like it wasn't arrogance; it was yeah. confidence of the highest extreme, because mm. I knew this team was unbeatable by then. Even though yeah. it was not our best performance in the in the mm. final itself, I knew we we're going to get the job done. So yeah, look, I get what you're saying in terms of doubters to believers. In fact, I think that was solidified it. You're right, Farouk. I, I agree with you. That solidified our belief. That's that's mm. what Champions League royalty brings brings in uh, teams with that that amount of pedigree because. You, you contrast it with the Istanbul game. The Spurs final was one of the worst finals I've seen. Like it for a neutral, uh, at least it was it was absolutely a drab. But uh, when you actually talk about heritage and 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 moments, we we talked about Istanbul. But uh, Chris, do you remember uh, when Ramos called the equalizer in the ninety second minute? Uh, in 2014, uh, can you can you tell me anything that you remember from when you heard of it or when you came to know of it? Yeah, Atletico. Of course, of course, I'm a real football man. You should know this. I'm a real football man. Did you happen to watch the game? Yeah, listen, I I very rarely miss the big games. Very rarely. Mm. These days, it's a little bit hard yeah. because just you know work and stuff and so busy. But come on, man. This is this is Real Madrid. This is why you're Real Madrid. You know, 
you're the opposite of chokers. You know, you're the opposite of that. You you bring back life. <laughs> you know, you bring back life when there's no belief. You know, this is what you guys are comparable to us. This is heritage. You know, no one believed that. No one could believe. Atletico again were the better team. My memory, yep. my memory serves me right. They yep. were the better team. They were heartbroken. Simeone, I'm not his biggest fan mm. by far, <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. That's his methodology. That's his style. You know, I guess if he's in charge of you, you you love him. Definitely. But Definitely. But, but but as an opponent, nah. you know, it's not it's not for me. But that what can you say? That that Ramos is you know again. Forgive me if you disagree, but in my opinion, not the best defender Real Madrid has ever had, but the most clutch. Yeah. But the most the most clutch defender you've ever had in my opinion you guys mm -hmm. will know more because it's your club and you know your opinions will carry more weight but for me he's the most clutch uh, defender because obviously he started at right back but yeah. he's the most clutch defender i can remember in your history i can't think mm -hmm. of someone more you know come up in big moments you know, and it, but it's not. But it, but looking at from a technical, from a defender, from a talent, he was not the most uh, aesthetically pleasing. Defender. Reliable, even you know, he'd make rash mistakes, red cards, etc., etc. Et you know, that was an anomaly, especially in the latter parts of his career, though, Chris. Like, yeah, he was very harsh uh, in how he launched and whatnot uh, during the midway point of his career. But I think post 2014, Ramos really stepped up in in. Every yeah, look, look again. He was he was very much a front foot defender. Yeah, what I mean yeah, by front yeah. foot, very aggressive. That's his style. So face. you needed to be a coached very well. These yeah. kind of defenders and centre backs have to have a coach that understands that this is their game. So they don't mm -hmm. want to take that out of their game. They don't want to take you know because that's their nature. But then you have to the team around them. Your fullbacks have to be more maybe in tune. Um, your your fellow centre back has to be more calm, maybe you know. So, yeah. but you know, as a Madrid, as a Madrid, you can imagine absolutely loving mm. Sergio Ramos being part of your team. Definitely, 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 one hundred percent. So let me just show this there. Like Greece was like we're the opposite of chokers, so we're just literally the opposite of the North London clubs, Arsenal and Spurs, I guess. Hey, I like Arsenal, but these guys, they give me a hard time, Chris. I, I need your, you know, uh, vouching for me. Uh, what, what do they, what, why, do they, why do they give you a hard time about what? What can they possibly they, give you a hard time about? Because we choked top four literally two days ago, Chris. That's, it's mad. It's mad. But, but yeah, but, Arsenal. Mm, yeah, no, no. Arsenal, Arsenal is another topic. And, yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't, you know, I... I we argue that we spend too much time on, on Spurs and Arsenal in the big six. So I don't want to sure. be a hypocrite and spend too much time on Arsenal and Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Less um, absolutely. Um, talking, talking about that tie, right? Like we have to put this fixture into perspective. This fixture holds uh, so much more than history and, and big moments. We have played each other thrice, I think. Um, in, in, in 1981, when Alan Kennedy won you guys the European Cup, which was held in the same stadium that it's going to be held in, in Saturday. 
and then we faced you guys in the 2018 final and uh, in on Saturday as well. So the the uh, the uh, the clear matchup is is brimming with history. Uh, the only managers to win three Champions League titles: Zezu, Carlo Ancelotti, and uh, Bob Paisley. You know, like one one of the all time great British managers of of his time. Uh, when when you actually put the managers into perspective, you you should also recall that Carlo has a very deep history with Liverpool, both as a player and as a manager. As as a player, he I think faced you guys in the nineteen eighty four European Cup uh, with when he was playing with Roma, of course, uh, which he lost on uh, which he lost on penalties. And then he faced you in Istanbul, and then he managed to uh, take uh, like avenge the loss uh, in two thousand seven. A couple of years later, and also oh, he had, yeah, Athens. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Athens. No, no, no like Athens. Yeah, uh, he also has a affiliation with the Everton uh, fan base as well. He he was a role in his time. Over there, uh, he had the first win at Anfield since '99, uh, a 2-0 win, which which was which was quite sensational in my in my opinion. And and uh, he uh, his record as Everton manager against Liverpool was uh, one win, two draws, and and a single loss. That's pretty impressive considering where Everton are in 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 the uh, Premier League pyramid. Uh, what do you, what do you have to say about Carlo's achievements? People tend to downplay it down to being just pure man management skills, rather than the technical nous of a man who has spanned over three decades in the game. You can't deny it. You're a mm. fool. You're mm. a fool. Uh, I'm not going to mince my words. You're a fool if you don't understand. Carlo Ancelotti's legacy, and you just put it down to man management. I also add his Napoli record against us as a coach. Mm. So, you know, he has a lot of history against us and with us. And if you want to ask me, if you want me to answer why, it's because he's a good coach. Mm. The Everton win at Anfield, I just want to remind you and your listeners and for followers that that wasn't so great because everyone beat us that season. Everyone, Burnley, <laughs> local Sunday league team, every everyone, whoever had a, a team playing in the charity game, they come and beat us at Anfield that season. We had, you know, Kabak and Reese Williams and these guys playing at the back and we you know Kabak. We uh, know Kabak. Yeah, <laughs> not you know. I, I said to the Liverpool fan base, he's one of the worst centre backs. I, I, you know, please don't get excited about him. And I was proved right. They were like, my God, no, he's so good. And I said, no, I'm telling you, he's a disaster. And, you know, I was proved right again. He's an absolute shocking, shocking player, in my opinion. But look, Carlo Ancelotti is a great coach, man. You don't do what he's done without being great. You don't fluke it. You don't, yeah, fluke, yeah. You don't fluke three decades, man. You don't get lucky. Mm, the the story cool. behind Carlo Ancelotti in Liverpool is very close as well. He mm. was on a short list of us. We spoke to Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. Uh, our owners spoke to Carlo Ancelotti. And this was when? Before, before Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, before Jurgen Klopp. 
Oh, okay, okay. So, so it was it was Klopp or Ancelotti. Yeah. And at the time, I wanted Ancelotti. I'm not gonna lie, but the reason why Ancelotti wasn't given the job is he demanded a rebuild of the squad with finances, oh. and mm. and our owners are renowned not to not to be so generous with their funds. Whereas Jurgen Klopp understood the money ball policy and adhered mm. to it and was a fan of it. And so they went for Jurgen Klopp and the rest is history, as they say. But Carlo Ancelotti is, a, is an elite, elite coach. Klopp, uh, when, when you mentioned Klopp, um, he actually had the... Uh, the... Uh, the... Um, the plan uh, as to how to work with low funds, especially in Dortmund. I want to come to you, Farouk. What, what what do you think Klopp's legacy would be? Not in not in just Liverpool terms, but in general as a manager who has always risen uh, against all odds to defy odds and constantly deliver with a tight, strong budget. So I'll say this, like the point is like when you ask fans, you know, people mm-hmm. from Mines beat, Mines being, you know, Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool, like everyone loves this guy to the beats, man. Everyone mm-hmm. loves him to the beats. And I think for me personally, as just uh, as Greece pointed out earlier, like what happens is that eventually, like, I think a lot of uh, club fans or followers don't really care what people on the outside think of him. Because not until you get into that, I would say the cults of club, like, you wouldn't really tell what it's, it is like. I feel like just even forget about the funds and, you know, not having funds and building team from scratch and what is and what is not. I could remember like there was an interview with Gini Ronaldo before he went to PSG. And he was like, well, I was going to join from uh, Newcastle. Klopp invited me to his home. And we discussed oh, for more than an hour and we didn't talk a single thing about football. Imagine, I'm, I'm sure like Greece can, uh, I don't know, testify to this or something. I just, I, I remember this. And like, you can imagine what kind of coach does that, you know, like, He's going to sign you to, you know, uh, he has a very weak midfield and he's going to sign you. And literally, he's not even asking you about the football and the tactics and what is and what is not. So I think, like, that's the thing. And also, let me just add something. A couple of weeks back, Pep was like, the world wants Liverpool to win the Premier League. I think it's not about that. It's about the fact that you can even find Manchester United fans who are the arch rivals of Liverpool. They all love Jurgen Klopp. So that's the thing. Like, the man, you know, he, he passes on, like, a very charismatic, very enthusiastic and a very lovable person. So I think eventually, like, when Klopp does calls, calls the call, like it's, he's going to be remembered as one of those guys who like, who was there because, how can I put it? Like, he was a human being. Like, he put himself on the level of yeah. every single person. And mm. I, let me just add one thing as well. I remember as well, like, uh, when Klopp first came, he brought all the staffs at Liverpool, be it the cleaner, the janitor, whatever, whatever. He made everyone mention their name and everyone was addressed by their names. So you don't just go and like, hey, Mr. Janitor, no. It's Farouk, it's Farouk. Whether I am the cleaner, whether I am the Philip Coutinho, the star player of them, it doesn't really matter. So you can imagine like the person with this kind of mentality. So as I said, like people outside of the club might not know this. So because of that, they might not appreciate, you know, what he puts into it. But I think the mm-hmm. people who are connected to the club, the fans, they will adore him till whenever he leaves the club. Um, Chris, anything, anything you want to add to how much Klopp has completely turned your club around. No, I think I don't want to. I don't want to just make it the club, you know. He's salty though. I'm gonna balance it. He's salty. He comes out as salty. Yeah. yeah. Look, I what I, what I will say to that is name me a successful coach of the last. I don't know whenever in the history of the game, apart from 
Yeah. Carlo, maybe. I maybe can't lose Carlo. a game of FIFA. I know what these guys are on. Yeah, yeah. maybe Carlo is the ultimate gentleman. That's a good shout for Rook, right? Mm. But then, but then, you know, I can't think of any other coach that hates, you know, losing and is, is fine and calm. But what I will say about Jurgen Klopp in his defense is he's also the, one of the most realist in terms of when he realizes afterwards, he says, you know what, I shouldn't have said that. And he openly admits it in press conferences. He says, look, you guys know what I'm about. I'm a passionate man. I shouldn't have said that. And he calls it back. And you need that sense of humility. And that's the kind of humility that players love when he's dealing with them on a day-to-day basis as well. So even his saltiness can work for him, if you know what I mean, because he's very real. Rob, I, I think Robertson is, is, is an embodiment of, of, of that uh, in, 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 your, in your left, left flank. Um, but yeah, Klopp emits that that uh, that aura that uh, he somehow manages to transmit the minerals that that uh, a team need, um, especially a club like Liverpool, uh, which is known to be extremely passionate and 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 fierce uh, uh, in, in in their support. But coming coming back. To, to, to the to the final that we have uh how important do you think Chris the signing of Luis Diaz the the uh the evolution of Mane as a center forward and and Thiago finally coming into his stride has helped Liverpool put up yeah. this brilliant season yeah look Luis Diaz has been an inspirational signing um Again, I knew he would be as well. I've, I've, mm. uh, I, I knew he's going to be an instant success um, ever since ever since I knew that we, we, we want him and he's our number one target. Of mm. course, eventually, for, essentially it was for the summer, but we brought it forward because other clubs started sniffing around. Um, and thank God for other clubs sniffing around. Thank you, Tottenham Hotspur, for, for making a bid for him, which accelerated our purchase of Luis Diaz, which has enabled us to... to to, to be where we are today because I genuinely don't believe we're in a position without him because mm-hmm. he's been that good. Um, he's been absolutely... Last couple of games, last couple of weeks, slightly worrying and absolutely naturally, he's actually playing his 73rd game the other day of the season. You've got to remember he's had an intense season with Porto. Yeah. Played every game for them. So... <laughs> Sometimes we think he's not human in terms of his fitness, but he's been showing it last few weeks. Worryingly, yeah. just before you guys, he's not been his absolute optimum best. Uh, but yeah, he's been fantastic, man. And Tiago, you know, there is media. There was one media narrative was going around that, you know, he's not good enough for Liverpool and he slows us down. But I think he's made everyone who said that look like an idiot. Uh, mm. Put it bluntly, how can you doubt Thiago Alcantara's ability to play football? I, I don't the know. Back heel, the back heel yesterday. What was that? Like yeah. it was so nonchalant the way he pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. His 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 touch, his vision is is exemplary. Mm. And not only mm. that, his professionalism. People overlook his professionalism. This is yeah. a guy that's won. I don't even know how many career trophies, but I'm sure it's more than anyone in the Premier League. Um, mm. You know. It's, he's an insane professional, insane player, insane human being. Just a massive, massive pity and doubt he possibly will miss the final now. 
Diaz, in my opinion, has been the live wire that has helped Liverpool completely uh, make their front three dynamic again. And you can't deny the fact that Chris, uh, the front three has been going a bit stale as, as of late before Diaz joined. And his energy has... He reminds me a lot of uh, Di Maria. You know, he was, he was one of uh, our great wingers and he had that energy that, that was unmatched. You, you would think to yourself how this guy uh, manages to keep himself going. You know, all all throughout the season, but uh, all all these guys get so much attention. But I, I got to ask both of you guys uh, the impact of the subs that is, that has helped uh, Liverpool and Real Madrid in this long draining season. Uh, people like Valverde, people like Kamavinga, people like Konate. His, he, I, I read a stat. Uh, he was unbeaten in 28 games or something uh, for Liverpool whenever he started or, or something. That's literally mad for, for someone who's coming into a new league, has to adapt to a new system. Uh, Simicas, at, at one point, I remember uh, your fans going, going uh, on, on with the uh, notion that he can actually uh, replace Robertson when needed, when in previous years... Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold were untouchables. Semikas actually really gave him a real run for the money this season. Uh, what did you got? What do you guys think about how much the subs help in pushing these two teams forward? I'll start with you, Bruce. Um, from the Liverpool point of view, it's been evident this season mm. the quality of our squad and subs has been. Probably some of the best examples will be in the final against uh, against Chelsea mm. when uh, when Salah comes off yeah. uh, and is replaced by Jota. Mm. Just for an example, uh, Virgil Van Dijk comes off. So imagine, like when we played you guys in the first final, oh, sorry, in the in the in, in, in the Kiev, where Salah gets injured and we bring on Lalana. Chalk and cheese, right? Yeah. Apple, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, we're we're taking off at that time, the most devastating forward in world football, and mm. bringing on an aging playmaker, technically good, but I I, I guess the ex- I guess the comparison would be now you take off Vinicius, and yeah. you bring on Isco. Or yeah, the Hazard. Mm. Yeah, the current Hazard, Hazard yeah. maybe. Yeah. Mm. So that mm. was the levels that we were talking then. Now. We're blessed with taking off Virgil van Dijk and bringing on Joel Matip, who for me is one of the most underrated centre-backs in Europe. Okay. That's on record. That, 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 that guy is a real example of how pace is, is not everything and how you defend. It's how you, how you position, how you uh, anticipate. Uh, magnificent, magnificent, magnificent. Actually, Grease, I have this opinion that Matip actually was the best Premier League centre-back this year. I don't know. It seems controversial, but given until what I have watched... Until January... He was magnificent. But then Virgil recaptured his fitness by then because every expert, every doctor, every medical guy said Virgil will take up to about Christmas to regain that optimum level. So Virgil was shaky up to December. I mm. agree with you. Matip was the outstanding centre-back. Mm. But trust me, I've watched every single minute of every single Virgil game probably twice over since January. And this guy's back to his absolute 
immaculate best. And which is natural. It took him a year to get back. Yeah. It was a major injury. But my God, it's worth it. He's, Mm. He's so good. He's so, so good. Actually, Grizz, I'd love to give a honorable mention to uh, a very young guy in your team, Harvey Elliott. I remember the first couple of games of the season, uh, what a player that guy is. What a special talent. Holy God. And like when he got injured, I think he was at the Wolves game. I'm not sure. Was he at the Wolves game? Leeds, I think. Leeds, 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 Leeds. Okay. It was a Leeds game. Like when he, it was a really, really bad tackle, to be honest. I really, like, I, I really felt so sad for him because like, he was actually, you know, making... Uh, making you know the sport his own, like because you know I think he was in competition with the likes of uh, uh, what's he called Nabi Keita, you know, and so on and so forth, and he was like heads and shoulders above those guys at that point in time, and then he got injured, and yeah, shit just happened. Yeah, it was really bad. Wonderful talent, wonderful talent. Praying and hoping that you know he doesn't lose any dynamism and speed because this kind of injury over the long term can can hamper. Well, was it an ACL? No, it was an ankle fracture. It was an ankle, yeah. He, he broke his ankle in one of the worst, worst ways possible. Like you could see the players' reactions on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. Mohamed Salah was like, "Oh my God!" He, they yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mohamed Salah's uh, reaction said it all actually. Yeah. So look, he's a wonderful talent, man, and hopefully, he's not been used as much since, which is the best way. The other yeah. club's been very sensible with him, mm. and like I said, look, I'll use you here and there, but next season we'll have a full preseason. I want you because you're here for the next ten. Yes, you're not here for the, just the next season or two. So, which is wise? This, this is this is this is a framework that that most uh, clubs tend to ignore. How a player should be eased back into the team after after they are you know coming back from injury. But but since Farouk mentioned, I totally like you can't forget this guy. This guy, whenever he has played, he has put up a show. Nabi Kieta, Chris, how much has he proven? People that doubted this man's talent. Nabi Keita is um is pretty um it's pretty it's pretty split split mm. opinion between the fan base, Liverpool fan base. Mm. You'll find literally I done a I done a show on my channel yesterday and I had a call I do a call in show and okay. um, one of the call in guys was saying look I think he's been a flop. And of course, everyone's entitled to bear their opinion. And I, I understood some of the points he made, but then I had to counter that, you know, this guy's been unfortunate with injuries. As injuries are one of those things that you just can't control yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of those, you, you, if you get injured, you don't mean to get injured. You, yeah. don't mean to, you don't mean to not play for your club. You want mm-hmm. to play, but it's one of those things that you can't play if you're injured. But every time he's had a consistent period in the team, he's been fantastic. You know, his memory of his last memory of Mayor Madrid wasn't good, wasn't great. He was substituted yeah. at half time, made the scapegoat, but then any one of those players could have been substituted. We were that bad. So, mm. but Nabi Keita, I think, will start the final. So, has a chance to avenge or redemption, however you want to look at it, you know, and to make sure that, you know, he's not the scapegoat, you know, in that game as well. So, look, he's a, he's a very good player. Maybe he hasn't lived up to the expectations of everyone, but for mm-hmm. me, he's done enough this season to warrant a new deal. Since you're on the point, Grizz, uh, how how do you think your midfield is going to line up? I heard Thiago is a huge doubt. Fabinho is, is kind of a doubt. How how do you think the three-man midfield is going to be set up? Uh, it's all it's all about Thiago. It's all about Thiago. They, mm. um, um, 
they say there's a chance, but it's it's 50-50. Um, and Tiago is not a quick healer. So yeah. you guys will be, nobody likes injuries, but you guys will be very glad to know that I don't think he will make it. Um, mm. You know, he's just not a quick healer. Five days is just too much of a turnaround. And so therefore, but the good thing is Fabinho will be back. So Fabinho will be back. And then we've got no option but to have Henderson and Naby as the other two in that midfield, which is, it's not the worst, but yeah. everyone, everyone needs a Thiago. Everyone needs a Thiago. Absolutely, absolutely. Like he, he, he's the one who makes uh, the team tick in, in my opinion. But uh, Farouk, it's, it's your turn to tell me how much people like Kamavinga, people like Rodrigo, people like Valverde has stepped in in, in this Real Madrid side, which people have quite, quite often written off as old heads who doesn't have the the required you know gas in their tank to keep delivering you know year in year out. So before I answer, let me just ask Grease a quick question. Actually, so Grease, you talked about a midfield trio of like not having a choice but to play both Naby and Handel in the midfield. What of the option of playing Bobby as a as a ten? As we've seen in the past against CT against United and the past couple seasons, he's played them. He's played them in high pressure games against CT, like literally title defining games. He's played four attackers with Kobe being ten. That that was more for the shock element to CT. That needs it. That needs it. Well, actually, you know what I'm what I'm thinking about is is that actually everyone knows this. Like, as Sunaid likes to use the word, like Madrid Mitchell doesn't have the legs. And we know that Bobby is a pressing monster. Bobby mm. is like, he's the, yeah. he's the gift to coaches. He's a gift to every coach. Actually, mm. I don't know about his fitness levels because he hasn't played a lot in the last couple of weeks. But I feel like, you know, having Bobby there like constantly in between uh, the midfield and the defense, that also, as you just said, like, and that was, I, that's what I was trying to allude to, like the element of shock, the element of surprise. And then like, as you guys also point out, it's a very high stadium, Jürgen, so. Yeah, Jürgen Klopp does do mad ones now and again but it's now and again. I don't think he's the type of coach, like Pep, for example, that would do something like that. He might try that. Jurgen Klopp believes in his formation, his go-to players, his his way of playing. And Mm. then if the game's not going accordingly, we have gone to that 4-2-4 formation a couple of times this season. So, Mm. you know, if we were chasing the game, for example, you could see that happening, but he he would not want to go two against three against you guys in the midfield. Especially if, with the, if, if they happen to go with the four-two-four, who would be the double pivot, Chris? If 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 Fabinho was fit, it would be Fabinho and Henderson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In my yeah, opinion. it's gonna be just a walkman like me too, like Fabinho Henderson, like just you know, just Absolutely. get the job done. Absolutely. So, so about your question, Sonia, actually, I'd say this: like, I think uh, you guys know, like, at the beginning of the season, like, I wasn't very high on Kamavinga because I was like, the guy has to show me things. You understand? And like mm. I always like uh, always valued Valverde because like we've seen in the past couple of seasons, even even last season against Liverpool as well, like he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. But to be honest, like I would like re- reserve my praise both for both uh, Kamavinga and Rodrigo because they've had impact in the game every single game in the Champions League. In yeah. the like you uh, you can remember even I think in the first game of the season against Inter, it was mm. Kamavinga to Rodrigo one nil. You can like yeah. the first our uh, first game. You understand? And you just keep seeing this this pattern as well, you know. Uh, against Paris, same players. Against Chelsea, the same players. Against Man City, the same players. 
to be honest, like the, the level of play, and actually as the season went on as well, you could actually see a lot of maturity in the game that, uh, in Kamavinga's game actually. And yeah. as I always say, like to me, like age is just a number. If you're on the pitch, I don't care if you're five or if you're hundred, as long as you're on the pitch, you have to deliver, that's just it. And to be honest, like Kamavinga has really, really uh, surprised me a lot. And to be, uh, he's, 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 uh, he's in this place. And as Rodrigo as well, as we always called him, like Mr. Champions League, like he's that player who just has the knack of knowing to be at the right place at the right time. Mm. So just even, you know, with a half of a chance, he's just there to bang it in, you know? I'm actually going to refer to someone, but it's not exactly that, but I'm just trying to say in the space. For example, we had Chicharito Hernandez at United. Like, he was a master of space. He just knew to be at the right place at the right time. So, like, uh, Rodrigo has that sort, of, that, that sort of sense as well. Like, he's a very uh, pacey winger, but also he's mm. someone who has the knack, you know, who has a sight for the goals. And to be honest, like, their contribution to the team this year cannot even, like, it cannot be overstated at all, at all, at all, really. Especially Kamavinga, like, you know, coming in for, because we cannot uh, deny the fact at that... The Cross 19, has been, I want to stress that again, at the age of 19. Man, know. age is age is just a number, man. No one really for knows about age. Like, what, do just, think, what do you think, Grizz? He always argues with me that age is not a factor, that you you got you got a, you are either shit or you're either good or you're shit, you know? So, it depends. It depends. Look, I think, I think it depends on position. Mm. Um... I think I think I think as a defender, as a mm-hmm. centre back, age would be a factor in my opinion. Mm. More less, more less important, far less important if you're a forward and an attacker. That's mm. why you tend to see more young attackers given the opportunity and chances as opposed to young centre backs given the opportunities. So that's the way I I I sit on the fence with that answer. Always, always. <laughs> you, you, you know, that's a you know. Uh, but, Grace, uh, how, how much do you think has people like Rodrigo and Kamavinga surprised you for for being referred to as the Galacticos all, all throughout the past couple of decades? These players have done something that is unheard of. Not surprised me at all. Mm. Because Rodrigo was very much of interest to Liverpool mm. before he came to Madrid. Yeah. We we scouted him a lot. Same with Kamavinga. Mm. I think Kamavinga has the potential to be one of the best central midfielders for the next decade. I'm mm. rating that high. I think he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so, look, to me, there's not much of a surprise there. I think they're wonderful talents, along with Valverde. Mm. You can see the evol- evolution of the next Madrid midfield, stroke team, whatever. Um for sure, they haven't surprised me. But actually, I'll say this, Grace. Actually, you pointed out something about Luis Diaz also earlier. Like, but this player is like, given that the young age, like moving countries, you know, going from one place to another, like Kamavinga is 19, I think Luis Diaz is 24 or something like that. Like when you check this thing, like you look at other players who've moved abroad, like you've seen a lot of, you know, players who are like not bad, but like they could not adapt. For example, let's give an example of a very mature player. Di Maria left Real Madrid as maybe arguably the most important player in the, in the Decima win. But he moved to Manchester and he couldn't adapt there. You understand? And you look at other players and so on and so forth. Like you make the comparison and you keep seeing like, you know, even Andy Shevchenko went from Milan to Chelsea and he couldn't perform, you know? Like you see these players moving countries and especially considering like the young age when you move like the support of the family, what is and what is not. So that's why like for me, it's always like not until you see this guy perform, like you shouldn't like bank on the fact that he has the abilities to do this. I don't know what you think about this. Yeah, look, so many factors 
come into play when you're talking about moving countries and et cetera, et cetera. Personality of the player is so important. Homesickness, small thing. We, we don't even think about these kind of things, yeah. but they're human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the human, man. You know, uh, they may not, you know, we sometimes we laugh at when these players talk about the climate. Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't like <laughs> We laugh. We say, oh, come on. You, you're getting 100,000 plus a week, man. Who cares if it's raining? Yeah. <laughs> no, but for a player to perform at his optimum peak, you yeah. know, all these factors have to be taken into consideration. You know, the tongue, mm. English speaking, you know, the language, sorry, whatever the country is. You know, what kind of man manager with the coaches, all these kind of things. It's not just about the guy's talent. So, yeah, look, some people have it, are adaptable, very easy to adapt, have that professionalism about them throughout their life. In, sorry, in every aspect of their life, some don't. Yeah. And so some don't, don't progress like others. To be, to be fair, the English weather, it, it, it takes a toll on you, I've heard. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of iffy. But um, look at me, the, I'm the yeah. prime example, man. I'm look at me, a prime example of weather taking its toll, man. I look like a <laughs> you don't need to look far, man. You don't need to look, you don't need to look, you don't need to look at star players, man. Just look at Grizz Khan. Don't worry, don't worry. Grizz, don't <laughs> worry. You're, you're being overly conscious. You're very straight, <laughs> so that's fine, that's fine. But um, since, since we mentioned uh, Liverpool also going in for people like Rodrigo. We have the tug of war of Chouameni uh, going on at the moment. And um, it's it's also like uh, what reminds us that uh, that it's all not about the money. It's also about uh, the heritage and 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 the caliber of, 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 of a project that that attracts top talents. But that's for another Mbappe. No, 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 no. Let's let's not go. <laughs> but uh, key battle: Vinicius versus uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Grizz, please tell us why do you think people underrate Trent's defending and Trent's ability to read the game from right back? Um, narratives and not mm. actually watching. Mm. Being stuck with an opinion that you made maybe five years ago, four mm. years ago, and then not having the humility to accept that opinions yeah. can change based on a player actually mm. becoming better. Yeah. That's the simple and that's, simple that's and basic concept. That's, that's what yeah. it is. People people forget that this guy, all his childhood, all his mm. under twenty-three career, sorry, yeah. under twenty-one career. Mm. In the reserves, in the in the young teams, played as an attacking midfielder. He only converted to fullback at the age of nineteen. That's true. Um, um, people forget that the peak defenders. Look at the come some of the defenders we speak about now. We spoke about Ramos. Yeah. We speak about the likes of Cafu. We speak about any mm. great defender, the likes of Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah. Um, Ancelotti. Mm. All defenders. Most defenders peak at the age of about 28 plus. Yeah. This guy's 23, man. He's a phenomenon. People forget that. People forget that. They just think, oh, man. Zaha ripped him up three years ago. Yeah. Rashford yeah. done him at Old Trafford four years ago. My guys, look at him now, man. This guy's learning the trade. And he's mm -hmm. learned the trade. And he's not perfect. Yeah. 
Nobody's not perfect. perfect. No, Nobody's I mean, I'm, I'm, I, he has flaws mm. as a right back. I'm mm. not going to sit here and say, yeah, he's the GOAT. But my God, by the time he finishes, he will be the GOAT. I can assure yeah. a lot of people that by the time he finishes his career, he will be the mm. GOAT. Mm. His numbers so are insane. Only guy, only guy, you know, twinching would be Gary Neville, you know, uh, in, yeah. his, in, his, in his sleep, thinking about Alexander-Arnold. But uh, Farouk Kawahal is another example. He might not be the flashiest. He might not be uh, having the passing arsenal that, that Trent possesses. But his relentlessness and his uh, ability to constantly keep himself... Uh, up for even the most hostile of situations, uh, his his know how, and we we have all watched him in 2014. Him as a 22 year old who who was you know who came back from uh, from Germany after a loan spell. Yeah. How, how much do you think he has stepped stepped up this season? Well, that's quite the question, though. Actually, the thing is that for Carvajal, he's had some iffy games. He's had some for you know. Sure. That's why I'm telling yeah. you, it's more yeah, incredible. Yeah, so thinking. so so. The, the thing now becomes is for me, like uh, with Carval, given his injuries of the past, I think the injuries are starting to take a toll on him. But yeah. to be honest, as well, like uh, on his day, I think Carval is one of the best right backs in the game, to be honest, like a two-way fullback, like a complete two-way fullback where you can know that he defends and it just as, as watches attacks adequately, you understand. Yeah. And as you just pointed out, he's the one thing you can always give to him is his never-say-never attitude. You can remember in the game against Paris, like, Mbappé was literally just tormenting him, but he kept on coming back. He kept on showing up. He kept on showing up. So that's the thing, like that never see, never attitude, you know, coupled with his skills and all that. So that's, that's to be honest. Uh, uh, and the other thing is that we don't have anyone better than him. So what can we do? Like, we just, you know, have to stick to him. Like, that's that's just the thing. But in my opinion, I think this summer we all should look for a right back. I was reading yesterday that Ojo Zola was going to come back. I don't know how true is it, if he's going to come back or if he's going to stay. I don't know, but we need to look for someone to uh, to also uh, I'm just, I'm as just, a backup. I'm just tired of you not backing up players, Farouk, but that's for another day. Uh, Hal, the way he has turned around this season, especially since February, January end, I remember the way he was starting the season, I had no hope for him. I was his biggest critic. You know how I never hold back with, with our players, right? And Danny has completely turned it around. And he has the task of handling... Luis Diaz on Saturday, and it's not going to be easy. He, he he's, he's always going to be looking behind his shoulder for, for the entirety of the time Diaz, Diaz is on the pitch. Uh, Grez, I want to ask you, do you think Carvajal's lack of pace is, is, is going to be crucial in how you guys break out? He will be. He will mm. be. It will be. Mm. But every mm. team needs a Carvajal. I'm, I'm not going to slander Carvajal. Every team needs... Carvajal. Every mm. team needs an Azpilicueta for Chelsea. Every team yeah. needs a Robertson for Liverpool. Yeah. Those are the, there are players that you can't do without. Mm. You don't have to look at the way they control the ball and how technically gifted they are. They have yeah. the mentality of champions. Mm. And, Carvajal, and Carvajal is your modern day you know, version of that. You know? mm. He has that mentality of a winner and a champion. Um, so, yes, you know, some Liverpool fans may look at it and say, wow, that's somewhere we can really attack and exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't be so confident. I would be far confident if he wasn't playing, you know, in your back line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's the Vasquez? 
if Vasquez was playing, for example, I'd be more confident. Mm, mm. So that's the way I look at it. But maybe I'm in the minority. Yeah, let's let's do a trade. Like you guys play Milner at the left back position, and we play uh, Vasquez there. Milner again, maybe not left back. Right back but then. If, but if Milner is employed in the central midfield, he's on the way. Trust me, the likes the likes of Modric will know they've been in a game. Nah, obviously I don't want to play Milner in the middle of the pack, man. The man is yeah. a monster, man. He's just gonna keep kicking people up and down. What? Uh, yeah, you know, I always he's a, he's, a, he's he's like our Gattuso. You know, exactly, the, you know man. he exactly. will hound you to but death. Mentioning Gattuso and Milner in the same sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, Grisa, I have this image of the first two-two draw between Liverpool and uh, City at the first half of the season when Trent was out. Milner was a fullback and Foden had the oh my god. I'm just imagining Vinicius against James Milner in that position. Of course, like, of course. That's of course. that's like a fist. Something that's some, there's some things that physics <laughs> you know take over. Physics takes over, man. You can't you can't control certain actually, but Grisa, I'm gonna point this out. Actually, you talked about Trent earlier and you talk about like his evolution as a defender. People have this image of him from three, four years ago. Actually, for me, uh, you know, this season, him playing against Foden in the second two-two draw. And in the game against Arsenal, like with against Martinelli, I actually felt like anyone who actually like watched that game could understand how much Trent has come. You know, as you talked about from being three, four years ago, where he was just a naive defender, till now, because like he literally pocketed both Foden and Martinelli in his pocket the whole game. And, like and, and Pulisic in the two finals. Actually, you know, Pul- to be honest, like you can't consider Pulisic because like Pulisic is not in the greatest of form. Well, like, sure, you know, but, like, Foden and fact, Martinelli are the peak of the game right now. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that, you know, Pulisic hasn't played much, but he played him against Trent because of the because of the idea that he can exploit him. So, yeah, sure, sure. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. So, yeah. from that angle. But, look, as I said, Trent, you can get at Trent. You can because he's still young, because he still thinks forward rather than backwards. There is, mm-hmm. there is chances to get overlap on him and, and maybe catch him out defensively, uh, positionally, sorry. But he's improving and he's improved. And, uh, you know, he's one of the first ones on the name, uh, first names on the team sheet. And that shows you at the age of level, at the age of 23, mm. he's completed the set as well. He's won the FA Cup, the League Cup, the mm. Champions League and the Premier League. My God, yeah. what more do you want from a 23-year-old? Absolutely. Uh, we, we need to slowly uh, start winding this up, but quick question since we are on the topic, Grizz. Where do you think Saturday's final is won and lost? Is it the cliche, the midfield, or do you think it's on the flanks? Or do you think it's in defence? I think it's going to be the, the, the efficiency of our forwards. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember, guys, when you guys beat us 3-1. Um, in the first leg, came back to yeah. Anfield. Mm. We could have been ahead uh, by half time. Mm. We had chance after chance after chance, but we didn't score. Even in recent times, our forwards haven't been prolific. Mm. And I think this will be key because you don't kill Madrid, you are absolutely in trouble. You are absolutely in trouble. If you don't kill Madrid when you have the chance, you are in trouble because they will come back. They will create chances. Benzema will have a clutch moment. And that's the, that's the thing, in my opinion, where we're looking to... I, I most certainly think we will create chances, but we have to finish them. And if we don't, you will grow 
and you will and then we will become more and more nervous because then you are only you are the only club in my opinion in Europe that beats our legacy and heritage in in, in Europe as a name mm. absolutely and that's, uh, and that's the way it is bro i'm not going to sit here and 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 deny it even though i'm a liverpool fan and i'm a proud liverpool fan as you guys know may not know yeah but, know, sure. but you you guys have the heritage to match us at the mm. very least so we have to be efficient that's why i think mm. it will be one our defense uh, our attack against mm. your attack that's where it's going to be fair play farooq you do you, do you share the same sentiment uh i think it's going to be one on the wings especially for me i think it's going to be our right wing and their uh, sorry yeah yeah our right wing their left wing so i think like you know the sala mendy combo and the trent uh, vinicius combo will be very very key to winning the game because i think whoever gets ahead there like whoever presses each other into the space i mm. think it's 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 going to be just yeah and also i would look out for mani to be honest like i'll start really watch out for mani as well like the man just just is a man for the big moments unfortunately like he has a knack of showing up when it matters the most but yeah we have the king of the clutch moment in karim benzema as also yeah i think that cancels that out but anyways yeah i just joke that we will be very important we leave the benzema verdict to grizz but quick thoughts on sala he he was he was in blistering form early half of the season he was uh you know pipped to be the ballon d'or winner but as of late even though his his uh goal goal scoring uh tally has slightly kind of taken a hit but his influence in deciding big games is is still clutch don't you think farooq definitely definitely that's the thing i always say the point is that you know uh salah set himself such high standards that when he doesn't score in a game it's a drought You get yeah, the point. Yeah. So that's mm. the issue actually. But like when you watch Salah like you actually see that this guy gets in this position. But like the point now becomes like either he plays the ball, he hits the bar, you know, the goalkeeper makes an outrageous save or like it's block after block. You get the point. So that's the thing that's happening. But he's still there, you know, still getting in the position, still creating the chances and what is and what is not you understand. He actually finished with the most assists in the Premier League. I think he had 13 assists or 12 I'm not sure. So yeah, I think like And also we have to consider the fact that he lost two penalty shootouts you know like with his country and like going to the world cup winning the afcon like these are very huge thing that takes the mental toll on the player as well you get the yeah. point but yeah i think just uh, the story of his demise are just you know over exaggerated in my opinion and also he's just a victim of his own success eventually for sure absolutely that 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 just completely sums it up he's a victim of his own high standard uh grace benzema on the other hand what do you think his vein of form has been and do you think it is uh by your cristiano or by your lionel messi's he is up there with the rest for sure mm. for sure he's the wow he's the one of the most intelligent forwards in recent times mm. and intelligence is is not everyone is blessed with intelli- game intelligence definitely Definitely. Uh there's very few people that are blessed with game intelligence and he's probably one of the finest examples of it. Not the quickest. Not uh the most physical although he can handle himself. Um but my god intelligence takes over his technical mm. ability. Mm. He, he his positional play not only for himself but for his teammates. You just have to, you just have to admire it from afar. Um, but 
we got did someone. You think, did you think sorry. he would blossom into this player that he is today when he was playing with the BBC, the Cristianos and Dale? I was a massive fan before Benzema. Mm. As a massive fan. Mm. And then obviously he was overshadowed obviously with the Ronaldos and the Bales and everything. But I've always been a Benzema fan. And yes, he was always not the the showman, the you know, the the the, the front page headline guy. Yeah. But I'm so happy that he has become that now because people like this that sacrifice their role, their position, their energy, their lungs for others have to have their flowers at some point in their career and he's having mm. he's getting his flowers now so like if i may just quickly interrupt grease like grease i was just gonna when you were talking about this actually just something came to my mind like uh, a couple of years back actually i always like uh told my premier league friends that bobby firmino is the best striker in the premier league in the sense that he's the smart he's the smartest striker he's the uh, most mobile striker he's i don't know he doesn't score the goals but he does everything you need a player to do except score the goals. And now when you talk about, you know, Benzema getting his flowers and all that, that, that just came to my mind. Like, how much would you, like, rate the influence of Bobby Firmino you know, on, you know, the eventual evolution of Liverpool? It, it came to my mind as well. But but Bobby Firmino is not a good finisher. Yeah, that's so that's... Difference. Exactly, yeah. Bobby Firmino is everything Benzema is in terms of everything else. Yeah. But Benzema's finishing is grade one. Bobby's finishing is not great. I've always said that. I love Bobby Firmino. Mm. But again, Bobby Firmino has only been playing as a striker or false nine for the last four or five years. You've got to remember yeah. he was he was an attacking midfielder. Midfielder, exactly. Yeah, 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 sure. Fair play, fair play. Um, this, the last closing point, uh, I want to propose this to both of you guys, okay? The, the revenge card has been always been a huge talking point. Uh, pundits in the UK, famous Liverpool guys, you know, the McManaman, who is who is still salty. I've I've no idea why he's so salty to this day. Um, they all have this notion that it's refreshing that Salah actually came out and spoke about the revenge card and that he wants to face. Uh, Real in the final and 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 uh, avenge the loss in 2018. Uh, do, do you guys think that is uh, that is a mental uh, game of chess that he's trying to play, or is it him just being honest and and quite emotional and uh, to be at the wrong end of of that final in 2018? I'll start with you, Bruce. Um. Look, revenge. Look, pundits can say what they want, guys, and these guys can talk about revenge and whatever. But he can't downplay it. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna stay honest and be honest. Okay. It's at the forefront. Mm. It's at the forefront of every football fan, Liverpool fan's mind. Mm. It's at the forefront of Mohamed Salah's mind. Mm. You can see it in any interview and everything. It's at the forefront of, of a lot of players and fans. Coaches, maybe not so, because they have to find the balance of emotion going into this kind of game. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. It's, it's normal. It's natural. Mm. Who doesn't? You just spoke about the Roma final. Uh, sorry, in Rome, the first, the first final against us, Alan Kennedy final. I'm sure there's some Madrista diehards that would want to revenge 
you know, yeah. in the following okay. final, and you've got your revenge. Mm. And that's how it works. Now we want revenge for that, especially the way it happened. Yeah. You know, Mohamed yeah. Salah gets injured. We were by far the better team before he got injured, you know, but it was over. As soon as he went over, the mental capacity of our team wasn't able to with, withstand that. Mm. And then you guys took control. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 you it's, it's, revenge. Players, pundits, and media can say what they want, but it is it's absolutely revenge. Avenge. We have to do it. Absolutely. And and you know, no doubt, if if we win, no doubt, you will want. Can't wait to come back at us next time you play us. That's this is the nature of the beast. Mm. This is the nature of the beast we're dealing with, man. Fair play, fair play, Farouk, man. What do you think? Yeah, definitely, man. Everything agrees with said. Like, I think for Salah personally, like, it's it's something personal because, you know, he came out that season. I think he had 42 goals in a competition, something like that. I can't recall exactly. He was, that, he, that, was, that, that was that was that season he was Messi-Ronaldo levels. Exactly, Honestly. yeah. Definitely. Like, he was, definitely. He, was, he was unbelievable those, that, 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 that season. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, I think that for him, you know, for him to just come into the finals, I think he played 20, 25 minutes and he was just over. So, like, uh, for him, like, he has just that personal, you know, mission to get the revenge, you know. Although, like, the protagonist is no longer there in Sergio Ramos, but, you know, it's still the white shirt. It's still Real Madrid. So, yeah, he's just looking. He's just out for blood. He's just out to get revenge, actually. Let, let's hope there are not many dark art, um, you know, at, at, at dark arts at work uh, on, on Saturday and 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 everything is is uh, clean you know um <laughs> but 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 the, that's just me that's just me uh it's it's been a pleasure chris uh, uh before, so before you before you go i just want to say something actually so this yeah. has been dubbed the ballon d'or final grace so okay. what would be your take like eventually the eventual outcome irrespective of the outcome of the game who do you think gets the ballon d'or i think the answer is pretty obvious yeah, I don't think I don't think the Liverpool players will get it. There's a very strong case for Sadio Mane to get it. Yeah. Because of the Afcon, because of World Cup qualifying, it's kind of taking his country to the World Cup qualifiers, because of the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the Champions League, if we had won it. There's an absolute strong case. Mm. But Liverpool players don't get that. We're not loved like Real Madrid. Okay, that's that's good. Okay. We're not we're not loved like Real Madrid are amongst the media and fan bases or whatever. But I don't think we care too much. I personally don't. It hurts the players. Mo Salah has deserved to be higher in the past. For sure. Um, but sure. it is what it is, man. As long as the team is 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 the winner at the end, that's mm. that's all I care about personally. Fair point, fair point. Yeah, That's very valid point. So. Very befitting answer. But yeah, uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, Grizz, uh, to have you on the show uh, to discuss this huge final that that awaits us in in five days. And um, this this is something that honestly for us we would have never seen coming. The way that we came back, the 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 incredible persistence that that we showed to stick through our rough patches and come out uh, on the other side uh, unscathed. Similar to Liverpool, who had so many up and down uh, patches uh, in the entire season and the way they managed to completely keep it together and make a very, very strong final uh, stretch of the season is, is commendable. 
and in my opinion it's again going to be a final full of drama but not just drama but pure entertainment and quality in 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 every single position these guys would walk into some of the greatest squads ever assembled and it's 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 not an understatement and understate it's not an understatement to state um, you know so um but yeah uh, any any final thoughts from you from you guys before we wrap this up no just just i i echo what you said um you know some real hall of famers in that madrid midfield absolutely mm. some hall of famers modric and cruz will be remembered forever and ever ever as some of the greatest central midfielders casemiro the unsung hero very much like fabinho for us yeah. um and up virgil van dijk trent i've no doubt in my head will be hall of famers by the time they finish their career or come to the end of their careers as well so mm. it's a magnificent final setup and hopefully it lives up to the expectations of many um but yeah apart from that thank you thank you for having me on it's it's been an absolute pleasure um farooq any any final thoughts that's it right yeah man that's just it man just uh, thanks great for coming on to the show man it's 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 really big of you to come and yeah we really appreciate that thanks man just hope the boys get the job done it's going to be mad on saturday <laughs> but until then folks hala madrid hala madrid